Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Moana Sinclair had a tough start as a kid growing up in Tomaranui. Her life was full of hard work and there wasn't a lot of time off. We all had jobs to do at home. There were seven kids in her whānau. Her dad had just shot through and her mum was raising them alone. This was 1966. There was no DPB. Everyone just had to pitch in. I had to get up in the morning and help my sister make the lunches, make sure that we were all ready to go to school. After school, I got home, I had to peel potatoes and get tea on. Her mum worked three jobs to get by. Nine-year-old Moana was loved at home and doing really well at school, but she wasn't thriving. She was upset over her dad leaving and she just couldn't eat. Moana needed a bit of a boost. For some reason, you know, I was the sickly one and the district nurse suggested that I go to a camp. The mum asked me if I wanted to and it sounded like it was an exciting trip. So, yes. She was sent to Otaki, north of Wellington, and Moana just loved the camp and the town from the first moment she saw them. I just remember thinking, you know, how lovely it was because there were nice gardens and trees and the people were nice. They picked us up from the train. Yeah, I was excited. So, for six weeks, Moana Sinclair, just like thousands before her and since, she got fed, she got cared for, she learned, she played and she sang... She also got well. Moana was at a health camp, one of seven in the country, an experiment dreamed up by an exceptional doctor 50 years earlier. Kia ora, I'm Justin Gregory, and Moana and I are going to take you back to a time when health camps were thriving, giving lots of kids the leg up they needed. It's a stark contrast to the struggle facing those same camps today. This is Eyewitness. Kia manaho. It's 1994, and in Roxburgh, hundreds of former patients and staff have joined together to celebrate 75 years of health camps, and they're still singing. RNZ is here too. Some folks are from the very first camps, held in the 1920s. Oh, yes, I can remember as if it was yesterday. Um, Some of the children had things wrong with them. They thought it was children that didn't get much to eat and that, but my father used to say to me, I don't know what to do with all the food you eat. You have to stand up twice to throw a shadow because, you know... And the other girl who came with me from my class, she stuttered, that's why she came. They came for all different reasons, not just for, you know, because people thought they weren't looked after or that we were looked after. There are some current kids here too. Whereabouts are you guys from? I'm from Roxburgh, but I live in Tianel. What do you like about the camp most of all? Oh, I like the games they have. Play baseball and tomorrow we're going horse trekking and shearing sheep. Um... We bike, we went heaps of biking, um, we had the self-esteem group at school and we'd done lots of things then. What about at night? Is it hard to get everyone to get to sleep? Yes, because um, the boys are brats. Yeah. There's always a lot of talking and yeah, yelling going on. The girls were in the tent last night and they were 
They were making all these funny noises and talking. Yeah. But the boys are a bit of a nuisance, really. Yeah. No, the girls were just as bad. <laughs> that sort of nonsense would never have happened if Dr Gunn was still in charge. Dr Gunn was a, a doctor in the First World War and, and she ran this place like the army. Dr Elizabeth Gunn, MBE, paediatrician and pioneer in children's health, left her home in the South Island to study medicine in Edinburgh and serve as a medical officer during the First World War. In Britain, she saw many kids suffering from tuberculosis and malnutrition and was horrified to discover the same thing when she arrived back home. Dr Gunn was a force of nature, and when she came up with a plan in 1919 for a camp to get our kids well, well, people just fell in line to make it happen. The first health camp was held near Whanganui. Everyone slept under old army tents, they ate several times a day, exercised, had school, they even had compulsory sunbathing sessions. The goal was to fatten them up, get them back to full health and get some structure into their lives before sending them back home. Everyone had to put on weight, that was the, the main object of the exercise. You had to eat as much as you could. One little guy got through 21 plates of porridge one morning. He got a you know, special mention in dispatches. <laughs> But I didn't like it much, <laughs> the porridge. And we had to parade every morning for the raising of the flag on the pole. And the, everything was done to a drill, even brushing our teeth, eating our food. That was a drill too. You had to chew it so many times before you swallowed. The camp model took off around the country, especially during the Great Depression. In 1932, the first permanent camp was built at Otaki. And over the following decades, funding came in from the sale of specially issued postage stamps. You might remember them, but if you don't, go to the Eyewitness page on the Radio NZ website. You'll see some examples there. In the 50s, the government took over the camps, and eventually they stretched from Whangarei in the north to Roxburgh in the south. Looking after our nation's future was seen as good policy. When Moana Sinclair went there in 1966, the Otaki camp was in its prime. The kids were mostly just like her. They were poor and their parents worked perhaps a little too hard to properly take care of them. They hadn't been abused or beaten. They just weren't very healthy. Moana missed her mum, but she loved camp and she really loved the meals. Well, I didn't have to cook them, you know. That was one thing. (laughs) (laughs) I made them great meals. They were all cooked for us. She made lots of friends. Some of them were in bad shape. Yeah, there was one little boy they used to have him up at the window quite a lot because he had like severe asthma but they put him up to the window so that he could take in the, the, the sea air. Moana Sinclair left the Otaki Health Camp six weeks later. She was fat, sunburned and happy. Home life hadn't changed any but she was a bit more resilient now and she could cope better. So according to the thinking of the time, Moana was a health camp success story. I mean, of course, plenty of kids didn't have such a great time. Some were terribly homesick and scared. For others, it was a holiday, but being dropped back into the environment they'd come from could mean there was no real improvement in their lives. But when RNZ went to Roxburgh in 1994, a good number of the kids there were there for reasons that Moana Sinclair could probably relate to. Mainly um, sort of parents. This is Sam Roxburgh, Camp Komatua. Uh, Parents who have maybe three or four children and um, find it difficult uh, in these economical times to, uh, to look after the children for whatever reason. But it gives time out for their families or parents to just uh, send them 
to uh, camp for a six-week intake. We have children coming to camp with epilepsy, various skin disorders, and then right through to anger management, behavioural problems, behavioural modification. This is a camp supervisor. I don't know his name, but he does know his kids. Self-esteem is, is probably the biggest thing that I see in the health camps children are referred for. Biggest problems now are stress. The kids are under a lot more stress, but it's emotional, emotional stress rather than physical stress usually. Likewise, our strategies have had to, to change as well in, in dealing with them. The camps themselves were looking a bit sickly. From the 70s, experts had been wondering if they were even needed anymore. A review in 1983 called them moribund. But kids in need kept coming, even if the money wasn't always there. Here's RNZ's Jeff Robinson from 1993. A growing demand for help for New Zealand children and a drop in government funding in real terms has forced the Children's Health Camps Board to launch a major public fundraising campaign today. Children's health camps have been run for more than 70 years in this country and presently 4,000 children pass through the seven camps each year but the same number again are turned away. Two years later, Mary Wilson and the Checkpoint team were telling a similar but even sadder story. The country's health camps for disadvantaged children say they're in crisis. In their latest annual report, health camps claim their services are suffering because of huge debt and run-down facilities, at the same time that staff are having to deal with increasing numbers of violent children. A spokesperson from one camp told Checkpoint they can't afford to replace fencing around the swimming pool or upgrade the sleeping quarters for parents and children. He says that's meant the camps can't maintain hygienic facilities, pay staff what they're worth, or take all the children they'd like to. It wasn't just about money. There were accusations of sexual abuse at the Christchurch camp. There was bullying and violence amongst the kids. Everything seemed to become just too hard, and a question kept being asked. What were the camps even for anymore? We're joined now by Fiona Inkpen because one of New Zealand's longest-running social services is making a stand. Te Punafaiora Children's Health Camps are now to be known as Stand Children's Services. Fiona Inkpen became CEO of the camps just before they went independent. She refers to the old model of taking a kid out of their home and plonking them into a camp for six weeks as sheep dipping. It was old thinking and no longer best practice. There were assumptions, which was that if you gave a child a time without stress, Um, you gave them good food and rest and sunshine and exercise, that basically they would recover and and get well. And, and And it worked for the majority of children. Not so much now. Stand Children's Services has become a specialist health service, working with a child's whānau, school and neighbourhood to provide a more wraparound service. The camps are now called children's villages. Children that we work with today live in environments that are marked by often um, multiple and chronic stresses. The influence of those experiences over time um, affects them uh, in terms of their behaviour, how they function in the world and often their mental health. Stand has a contract with Oranga Tamariki to provide these services, but money continues to be a problem. There's been no increase in funding for nearly 10 years, and in 2018, two camps, Roxburgh and Moana Sinclair's beloved Otaki, closed down. So nearly a century on from that first camp in Whanganui, what remains of Dr Gunn's vision? I think what remains of her vision is is a huge legacy. Um, I think she said we should put children's health first, um, that that would be our nation's wealth. I've seen some fantastic turnarounds of children who've gone from being extremely frightened and very vulnerable to being really strong and capable. Moana Sinclair is one of those kids who got turned around. 
She's now a lawyer specialising in treaty work and human rights. She's worked for Tapuni Kokiri and the UN. A few years back, she opened her own law firm just down the road from the Otaki Health Camp. And most days she walks past the now closed camp, the same camp that gave her so much when she was a kid. But don't ask her what she thinks about that unless you want a direct answer. They need to extend camps like that. They need to grow them, not shut them down. This episode of Eyewitness was produced by me, Justin Gregory, and the engineer was Alex Aylett McMillan. We used archival audio from the Taonga Sound and Vision. Cheers for that. You can subscribe to Eyewitness at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, and of course at radionz.co.nz forward slash series. Please give us a rating if you can, that way more people find out about us. Thanks for listening. Ma tewa. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.